Hello, people. I know most of you guys out there are not into cryptocurrency like I am, and that's okay. I, I understand because it's a hard concept to get your mind wrapped around if you're not a genius like me. But if you want to get into cryptocurrency and make some money, go over to ryi-unity.com or go to Twitter and just type in ryiunity. Talk to John Weir. He is the CEO and former CIA agent. He is the man. I'm telling you, you guys are going to love it. He is accessible too. If you have any questions for him, please check him out. The new cryptocurrency company everybody is talking about. Bringing full-spectrum decentralized finance to the people. With cryptocurrencies RYIU and RYIP. Low-cost cryptocurrencies with huge returns and the most authentic, innovative, and real team behind this company. Where the investors come first. Welcome to Game Tech Politics. My name is Raven. My co-host today is Mel. Mel, it has been a whirlwind of a 24-hour period with our country. We have gone through uh, quite of an election cycle this this uh, this year. Uh, the racists have won the election, Mel. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> So the the uh, the Virginia governor uh, governorship uh, they had the election yesterday between Terry McAuliffe and um, uh, Glenn Youngkin. I I don't even know this Republican's name. That's that's how horrible of a Republican I am. Uh, I'm not really a Republican, but uh, so yesterday we had a, a wide sweeping victory for the Republican Party. Uh, against the Democrats, and now, uh, have you seen the reaction from MSNBC, CNN, and and all of these pundits? They are melting down like crazy. Have you seen any of the clips so far? Yes, the Joy Reid one, and I'm gonna forget her name right now, but the one on CNN, CNN, who said that, like CNN. critical race theory doesn't exist <laughs> cnn yeah well, well if, I'm, I'm shocked that they're even on air right now with with their horrible ratings but let's let's kind of go through this uh from the beginning because 
I, th- I think that a lot of people are not really clearly seeing the Democrat message. And what we have found in the past two weeks is very revealing, very revealing. Uh, what we have found is the Democrats' playbook is very um, revealing on how they want to win elections and how they are going to win elections from here on out is basically anybody that they disagree with is an absolute racist. And and not only that, but they take it even further. They took they took it further this week with uh Glenn Youngkin had a a rally in I think Loudon, uh, Virginia. How do you say that? Loudon County. Loudon County. Loudon County. Loudon. Yes. Right. And that is where the big controversy is with the school board. Uh, the, the president of the school board ended up, um, uh, what did he do? He, he ended up lying about uh, a rape in his school and then he covered yeah, it up. The, and Yeah, well, they didn't want it publicized. And that's why the dad got arrested, because his daughter had been raped in, in a bathroom at school. And he got arrested when it first happened, but it didn't really make news. And then he went to the school board meeting when they were discussing it and got rearrested because... They didn't want that information out there. (laughs) And then I guess apparently this person who's honestly sounds like they they're not actually trans. They pretend that they are to do (laughs) shit like this. They're just a a sexual predator. And that's how this all went out. And that's how it all started. That's how it blew up in the media when that dad got arrested for causing a ruckus. So Glenn Youngkin took advantage of the the whole entire story, and he got a lot of support from Loudoun County, which is is usually a blue district. It's it's next to it, you know, it's right up there with the DC Fairfax. and Fairfax. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. he ended up winning um, Virginia quite handily this, you know, by three points, which was kind of shocking, but. I, I think that the Lincoln Project and the Democrats and their final stretch just really screwed it up because, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the, Link, the Lincoln Project is a whole other thing versus the critical race theory. I mean, that is the big one. The, the critical race theory that they're pushing in these schools is is but but it doesn't exist though. That's what we're told is, is yes, critical race exactly. theory does not exist in it our schools. Exist. It's not even real. Even <laughs> even with even with the memos, even with the curriculum, the syllabus right there yeah. in front of us, it still doesn't yep. exist. But what I want to capitalize yep. on is the fact that uh, their their strategy the past week and a half was really telling about the Democrat Party. They planted uh, some tiki torch white supremacist in front of Glenn Youngkin's tour bus and they were standing yeah. there and we we found out later on now the the news went wild with us the news ended up reporting that oh, sure. these these dirty republicans these absolute racist uh horrible human beings were were at a Glenn, uh, Glenn Youngkin rally and and come to find out that it was actually the Lincoln project set this whole entire uh, scenario up to put uh, fake rate. Well, I don't know if they're fake racist or not, but 
they they uh well i know i know the black the black guy is probably the biggest racist the biggest white supremacist that they put on on stage i mean he could be however (laughs) (laughs) he (laughs) he's also probably their token their token black guy like oh we gotta have diversity so <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't have a uh, a small little Asian woman uh, standing there with a pitchfork. Right, but like why are you not all inclusive? Here, here's my question, though. Here's my question, Mel. If if you was to look at two candidates and you wanted to figure out who was going to be the candidate that was going to lead you in, into prosperity. Who in their right mind would want to vote for a candidate that has set up uh, a a racist group in front of your opponent's uh, bus? And not only that, but there was a guy that was wearing a blue jean denim jacket. And he happened to be standing. <laughs> this this is what I really love. They he happened to be standing right next to the press corps with a big Confederate flag yes. right on his back. Now isn't that so conveniently? I mean the Confederate flag is so racist and they they conveniently just let him right in to the shot of the press pool. <laughs> and and what my question is, is if if you have a candidate who is doing dirty tactics like that, how in the hell are you going to trust him to take care of me and my family personally with the decisions he's going to make? If he's making those type of decisions in his campaign, how is anyone going to vote for that type of person? Um, you, well, you're going to suffer from, I guess, TDS, <laughs> because how many times did Biden say Trump's name in his last speech for McAuliffe? And at the same time, you're just one of those persons who's going to get in line and you're going to take the fourth, fifth, sixth, fucking however many boosters they tell you to get for this shot. You're going to believe everything Fauci tells you on TV. And that's the type of person that's going to vote for that. And you probably have the same crazy eyes that AOC and McAuliffe and all of them. I, I don't care if <laughs> I don't care what party you belong to. If there's a candidate that out there that's going to pull these type of tricks out of their bag and be as dishonest as they are, there's no way mm-hmm. in hell that I would vote for him. I would vote for the other candidate, and that is exactly what happened over the uh, yesterday. Uh, people. People saw through the bullshit. People saw through this racist message, and you even what? had you even had the Democrat part, the Virginia Democrat Party, put out an ad that was basically a positive ad that that was linking Trump with Yunkin. It had no bad messages on it. It was just a a mail in card that they mailed to every residence. And I think that they made some colossal mistakes in that uh, race for governorship. Right, because it's not about Trump, and they're they're trying to make it about Trump, and that's that was their mistake too. It was also their mistake thinking that I mean half the country is as nutso as they are. <laughs> now, but, now the thing of it is, though, Mel, is the fact that they have this racist message 
uh, that that all of the voters now with MSNBC like Joy Reid, uh, yeah. some of the CNN um, commentators, they paint the picture that a lot of these racists came out and voted for Glenn Youngkin, and they they continue on with this race racial message. Yeah, they, but, yes, they voted for the white governor, but with a black lieutenant governor and a Latino attorney general i think it was <laughs> right and like because they're so racist they're so racist <laughs> it, it's 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 just a collection of colossal failures that the democrats pulled and that's and that's why they're going to continue losing election after election is because of little yep. ploys like this because if you think about it just four years ago, they elected Governor Ralph Blackface Northrum. And, right. and, you know, so were they racist then? That's the question. Were they racist four years ago? And if they weren't, what has changed? God, it, what, it's, it, the only thing that's changed is what fits their narrative. If it works for them at the time, they're going to use it. <laughs> and that's about it. Well, I, we're, we we do have a guest today. Uh, the, uh, we're we're going to call him Sergeant Brandon. Uh, Brandon, mm -hmm. just because you know that's the favorite name of America right now. Uh, we want to oh, keep yeah. we want to keep his identity kind of under wraps because uh, this is an important guest. People, he is. Uh, going to be revealing a lot of stuff that could possibly put him in jail. And uh, so that's why we are going to keep his name under wraps, his identity completely under wraps. I have looked uh, looked at his credentials. He is who he, who, who he says he is, but we're just not going to reveal that information. But but first, we're, I, I, I do want to talk um, a little bit more about this election. Uh, we have a very important... A uh, person who got elected that I think needs more attention. The the mainstream media is completely ignoring this person, and it's not the lieutenant governor of Virginia, which I believe that she made uh, she made headlines. It was uh, a, a very yes. historic. Uh, election for Virginia, electing the first lieutenant governor, a black lieutenant governor. She was in the service as well. Uh, she is uh, from Jamaica. She was born and raised in Jamaica. She moved over to mm -hmm. the United States and now is the lieutenant governor of Virginia. I think that that is an amazing um, uh, feat for her, her entire family and for her life. Yeah, but it's a traditional American Story, story right? absolutely it's beautiful moving here you go through you know it's the american dream quote-unquote <laughs> like well let me tell you out. about the american dream on in in new jersey there was a man uh, named edward durr that's d-u-r-r -R. i want everyone to look him up if you're listening i want you to search for him right now edward durr this man uh, went against the president of the, the state Senate. He was uh, the leader of the Senate in uh, the state House of Representatives in New Jersey. This guy only spent $153 on his campaign and ended and up winning. And he's a winning. truck driver. And he's, he's a, a truck, truck driver. driver. 
Yes. Uh, and and literally the only way that he got his name out was going door to door, knocking on mm-hmm. doors and telling people what he believed in and people followed him. That is like the most American story, the best American story of this week. And it needs more attention. Oh, absolutely it does. I saw a tweet on Twitter from um, just a regular everyday mom who decided that she was fed up herself and she ran for city council and she won. She's not a politician. She's just a mom like myself. What state is that out of? Virginia. Wow. Okay. That's that's awesome. Yeah, she decided like I, I'm done with this bullshit. There, there was and also there was also a lady who ended up running for school board after she got fired yeah. for participating in the January sixth protest, uh, right. the the peaceful insurrection. <laughs> um, yes. She got fired from her school for participating in that, so she went ahead and ran for school board and won. <laughs> That oh, is absolutely. that is the you know, best like, story of the it week. Makes sense though, doesn't it? Racists just are electing racists now. So uh, now uh, we have we do have another big story before we get to our guest. Uh, this is the the FDA has approved gave an emergency approval to vaccinate our kids. Mel, how do you feel about that? Fuck that. <laughs> if you have a, I'm going to be blunt and honest, but no, this is an absolute atrocity. What they are going to do to these kids? I mean, the the FDA gave approval a few days ago. It has to go through the CDC for that, and the CDC finally gave their final approval for emergency youth authorization for this vaccine. So that vaccine is not approved. It's not considered safe and effective it's technically still in a clinical trial period and they're going to mandate it in san francisco county they're mandating it as an emergency youth authorization for five to 11 year olds and if if you look at what's been happening in the young the kids who already can get it like the 12 to 19 age group the heart issues that these kids are having are absolutely horrendous. And uh, my, I, I ended up I ended up looking up the myocardius, uh, the the in, inflammation of the heart, uh, statistics, yes. the statistics of this, and it has gone up over three thousand percent this year. Just randomly, how are all these kids have irreversible heart damage? All of a sudden. So, so what, what does this, what does this mean for the, I'm not talking about the coastal states because we know that they're all fucking crazy. Uh, you know, the California, my home state in Oregon, Washington, uh, we all know what they're going to do. Uh, but what does this mean for Heartland of America? Well, it means that we are not done. Yes, we're all happy that we had such a great turnout yesterday. And we, us mothers, we all pushed back of what was happening to our kids, being taught critical race theory and being sick of how much it's costing us just to survive and run a family. What uh, the sex, you know, the pornography that's being taught to our kids. We're done with it, but we're not done because guess what? Now they're going to come and try to force us 
to put poison into our children's bodies that they can't even guarantee is safe. And they're also exempt from being sued for it. This administration, it. <laughs> this administration is going to go down as the worst administration in our entire history. And I do not know for the life of me, these progressives out there, I think that they know, I think that they know that they're going to lose. So they're going to take and push as much stuff on us as possible before mm -hmm. they end up losing the House and the Senate. Right, because they learned from Barack Obama and his ter his first term that they're going to get wiped out in the midterms. And if Virginia, like they, and the, even New Jersey, even though they, there looks like there was oh, come on. some they, trickery they, going on. He, he ended up winning that shit. That, that, that New Jersey it's, governorship went to the Republicans. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, what, what was that but, county? It starts with a B. Is it Bennett County or... Uh, Bex. I want to say Bexar, but yeah, some something something Virgin, like that. Bergen, Bergen, I don't know. Yeah, Ber something Bergen, like that. Bergen County. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last night they ended up having a hundred percent. Now the last time, see, I'm I'm a genius. I'm a genius, people. You guys know that. My avid listeners know that I'm a genius. I I sit there and did the math last night. I, and I did it over and over and over just so that I wouldn't make a mistake. But Mel, what I found out with my math was 100% equals 100%. Okay, and I'm going to call your bluff on that because you know what? It doesn't. Okay, your girls are private school or homeschooled. Which I probably should do with mine because, yeah, you're not teaching Common Core like I have to try to comprehend. <laughs> so, because Common Core 100% is not 100%. And I'll show you seven different ways that you won't understand. Math how to isn't get to racist, uh, Mel. Math <laughs> is not racist. I'm sorry to tell you. Oh my God, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Well, we have we have a special guest, uh, Brandon. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on Game Tech Politics. Uh, first, let me let me ask you the most important question uh, for you: <clears throat> what What made you end up getting into the military? Hey, how's it going? Um, um, I joined. Uh... <laughs> Not really a generic answer, but I joined because um, I didn't have the grades in high school and I didn't want to spend my whole life paying back money for college. So I did join for that reason, and it's ended up uh, being the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Yeah, and, and I wish that I, I ended up joining the service um, – Sure, it's been a it's been a while ago, and uh, I I ended up becoming an intel analyst, and I I loved I loved the job after I ended up leaving the service. If that makes sense, I I did not like being in the field. You know what it's like being in the field. You know how um, setting up tac uh, tac areas. It was just tedious work, and I just didn't like it at the time. But looking back on it, I miss it. I miss it so much. I wish I would have retired from the service. Uh, I'm glad that people like you uh, continue on. But there are a lot of problems in the military right now, and that's why I wanted to have you on. 
was to kind of give the audience uh, some sort of direction and some information about what the military is going through. So could you take us back uh, at the very beginning when you started seeing the problems that you have been facing in the military? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, there's a, uh, honestly a million problems. Um, I don't know if it's within my unit or duty station or the Army and or military as a whole, but um, obviously the freaking vaccine mandates are real. Um, especially in the military, I can assure anybody listening and to include you guys that it's a real thing and um, religious exemptions and uh, medical exemptions are not a thing. Um, they don't, they just don't exist. I mean, my chaplain is even facing the same consequences as your um, average soldier or whatever, who is just straight refu uh, refusing. And obviously with the refusal comes a Golmar, which is a, uh, a reprimand from a general officer um, I just had actually my legal NCO who runs our brigade legal call me today and say that uh, two soldiers in our company need to come to legal tomorrow to sign their Gomars. And that goes on their record. Um, it's 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 really disheartening what's 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 happening be between the vaccine mandate. I mean, all I can guarantee you, 90 percent of us got the damn vaccine because we were so tired of wearing the freaking mask. I mean, we had to wear it during PT. You know, oh, if, wow. you're 8, elevation, if you're at 8,000 elevation in 30 degree weather and you're running three or four miles on a Monday and you're wearing a mask, just imagine, seriously. And it was so bad in the beginning. They had they had officers out there at like just spread out around like the run routes taking people's names and units and punishing soldiers because they would take their mask down for however many seconds just to breathe, you know, and, th and this is outside oh. that entire time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like that's, and, that, oh my, that's the insanity yeah. and it's sad, but yeah, please continue. It, it is. Um, and you know, I guess the worst part about it, like I said, is you, you can, I promise you, you can approach any soldier. That's not your officer politician. Like you see on the news, no offense to them, but ask them why they got vaccinated. <clears throat> truly and they'll and they'll tell you that they were tired of wearing the mask that's literally it like that was our privilege was not wearing the freaking mask anymore because it's awful it's 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 not and it's not a good thing to have on you all the time when you're working like i used to go back to my car and and freak out about forgetting my wallet or my id card but now i forget my damn mask and it's the biggest problem in the world right and that's that's happened to me i mean i see you almost, you guys, what you're telling me is almost the same level that my kids are on. Because I'm in a state, in a county that has their kids enforce these mask mandates in the schools. And I deal with my kids every day. They don't want to wear these masks. Well, they have to wear the mask. And it sucks. And, and I get it. They're like, what do we have to do to not wear these anymore? And I'm like, you know. You're, you could you probably could get vaccinated at this point, but you know what? It's not worth it. And I wouldn't let you get vaccinated anyways, because you're not vaccinated for anything else. <laughs> so, um, that's the other thing. If you guys are all objecting to this in the military, this one shot, you guys are subject to how many vaccines that we don't have to deal with as civilians, like anthrax and malaria. And I don't even know the rest of them. You guys took all those. And you're objecting to this, and then they're still denying you your exemptions. Like, how 
how does that not speak volumes to your, you know, up the chain of command there? And, and they all follow it. So I'm, I'm understanding that the morale of the, the military is probably at its lowest um, yeah. in, in history. So what is the percentage uh, from your take, from your opinion? Uh, and we know that this is your best guess, but just just for your battalion alone, what what percentage of soldiers are refusing to get vaccinated? Easy question, because I talked to my chaplain about it. Within, I'll give you a brigade number. Within our brigade, 15% are refusals not to include religious or medical, which are the same as a refusal with the way they're being treated. But 15% are just refusals alone, and that is 376 soldiers in our brigade. Well, I don't want you putting out uh, too much information about your brigade. We don't want... People, you know, um, the higher ups know the math. But don't they have standard numbers for that? Because that's what I was going to ask: is how well, how many people are in a brigade? <laughs> it, it, varies. it varies. It varies. To be okay. honest with you guys, if, if you don't mind, um, I about I'd say I think it was September twenty sixth. I was on with Dan Ball, and um, I was really scared. And just nervous of, and I'm, I still kind of get that way with speaking out, but I'm really, I'm really fed up. I'm really fed up. I'm tired of this. I work 16 hours a day almost yeah. um, because of the manning in the military right now, or at least within our unit is just not there. I've been a first sergeant for three months and I'm an E6. And if anyone who is listening to this knows about the military, you know that that is crazy and unheard of. Uh, but yeah. it's okay. So I, I don't. So explain that to me, because for your average listeners, like I, the only people that I've really known in the military is like my ex boyfriend's cousin when I was in high school, <laughs> and then my grand my grandfather's were in World War Two. So what does that mean t- for me? Listening that means, to this. Okay, so your average first sergeant is usually about fifteen years in or so. You know, okay. has the experience, has has the schools because I believe it's an, an E8 BLC, ALC SLC MLC and then the Sergeant Major Academy so okay. I've only been to ALC I've been to two non-commissioned officer schools that train me for basically my rank that holds the position that I'll be in well uh-huh. what I'm saying is that I've been serving in an E8 position for three months running a company literally running a company with my commander and he right. gets it and gives me gives me um i guess you could say cuts me slack or gives me a break because he knows i don't have all the experience and knowledge but Mm -hmm. that's how bad it is that's literally how bad it is and it's so it's it's ridiculous and that's why i've i've reached out to members of congress and senators and Mm -hmm. thankfully enough jim jordan and matt gates have been in touch with me and want me to go to the uh, freedom caucus and and testify and speak about what's going on and i'm going to do it because i'm done and I don't yes. care the consequence. Yes, do it. Do it. What, what mean- is what is the what is the reaction that you had on that? Uh, what was the show called that you were on? It's so it's one American news. Okay. It's OANN with uh-huh. uh, Dan, Dan Ball. Ball. He's an out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dan so, Ball yeah. is an outstanding person, and he has worked his behind off to speak out for me and help me. So, so what what is the reaction that you got from Matt Gates? What kind of information did you give him, and what was the reaction that he gave you? 
Um, it's still, you know, one thing I'll be honest about is we have very few good Republicans, and I definitely don't claim to be one, nor do I think I'll vote again because of what's going on with the elections. But regardless of that, um, just one thing I've noticed when you talk to those people is it's just it's so political. And, you know, it's just I'm tired of things coming across as a sensing session or a listening session and they're not being action. And hopefully there is action. But basically, when uh, I spoke to Matt, I spoke to his director of communications for the military or whatever. Um, we had a short conversation and um, I basically told him, you know, no, thanks. I'm done. I don't want to even bother because you guys aren't doing nothing about it. And sure enough, he texted me the next day and said, hey, Matt wants to call you. And I said, OK, great. And I spoke to Matt and he was um, he kind of just picked my brain and what's going on. And I told him, you know, as much as I can, I was really overwhelmed because I've never, well, I never you, in my you life know, thought that I would, be you know, like I, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give you some advice. You do know that when you do talk to uh, people like Matt Gates or Jim Jordan or any other congressional member, um, they, they are allowed to know any of the information that you have. You, you can speak freely with them and they are, supposed to keep that information and intel uh secret you do know that right yes yes and that has definitely also been the case and they they want me to come testify as a whistleblower which i never knew anything about what a whistleblower is or all the dc politics but basically i guess they told me there's a whistleblower act that will protect me and that gave me the most encouragement to go ahead and do it and i'm trying to bring along my uh one of my former PLs, my uh, one of my lieutenants, uh, my first sergeant, who my former first sergeant, who's about to retire, and I'm trying to get my chaplain on board, but he's just too scared. So, what is what is the actual uh, subject matter that is the number one leading conversation with these congressional members? Um, I mean, there's multiple. If I. Uh, I know that you served before, so you may have an idea, but you got to live it right now like I am. And it's it's manning, it's maintenance, it's money, and um, obviously the vax mandate, and even the uh, extremism training that I got a few months ago, which was oh, ridiculous. Oh, you're kidding me. Okay, so let, oh, let's... Oh, my God. So, seriously. Yeah, this is perfect. Awesome. Let, let, let's go into that with, with the, extreme, the, the extremism training that you had. Now, when I was when I was in the service, I had none of that. Absolutely none of that. That was not a an issue, and we didn't. You know, we when I was in the whole point of of being in the service was to win wars. We are fucking killers. Period. We go out, we kill the bad guy, we make the world safe, and that was our jobs. Now, what yes. is what is the what was the extremism uh, training that you ended up getting? What what did that entail? Um, it was quite a few months ago, so bear with me. But basically, um, the Secretary of Defense put out an order that wanted the chain of command to have huddles with. For people who don't know, uh, the Secretary of Defense is who. I, I think it's <laughs> that's how much respect I have, I guess. Um, I think it's Secretary <laughs> Austin. Right, right. You're right. Okay, so go ahead. Right. Um, so, yeah, basically, we, geez, um, we didn't do PT that morning. Instead, we got that silly training, which was basically like on a slideshow uh, printout. 
and the the personnel that were teaching it were you know it was our first sergeant at the time when we had one and our commander or captain um and it was it was weird and like even when when first sergeant was talking to us he's like i don't even want to discuss this nonsense like none of us wanted to do it or hear it or be around it and the worst part about it was one we had an eo rep which is an equal opportunity rep he was a rep for the battalion he said that during this little session you're not allowed to bring up blm or antifa which was not brought up during the quote-unquote training and the most embarrassing part about it was every situation that was um, brought up or discussed was about a white male it was all white male and like we're all just sitting there looking at each other like why in the hell are we hearing this like we got more important stuff to do right now did anybody bring up the fact and i didn't i know that you 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 know there's always one <laughs> there's always one soldier you know uh i i had a soldier in my battalion that was just a the, one of the biggest uh dummies of the whole battalion and you know uh he he was the guy that uh volunteered for everything and you in in the army you do not volunteer for shit uh but was there one person who at least gave the gave a question or or even informed them that the white race is actually a minority race in the world i mean if if they're concentrating on just one race white the white race uh why didn't they concentrate on any other race in in the world what was that all about i don't know personally and it you, I mean, it technically it was training. It was a class. We were. It was said to us, but none of us took that garbage serious, man. We were laughing about it the whole time. Just, it was just a joke. Like we, we didn't care at all to include the person first on who was talking about it. So, so it was happened, but none of us good. took that garbage serious. That's so good for me because we all see, especially if we spend any time anywhere on. And going down rabbit holes, like the military for us and civilian life and regular middle America, like we are depending on all of you. We're, we don't, we're not depending on the people sitting at the, in the Pentagon sending this stuff. Like we're depending on all of you to protect all of us when these, when this crazy shit comes down, like this happening in Australia where you've got police and the military just like beating people in the streets because they're protesting it like we are depending on you to take our side <laughs> and i think we all believe that i mean i know i believe that i'm like there's there's no way that you i, I use you as, as the example are going to come into my house and shoot me and my kids or pull us all apart because we're the same person Not yes you're in the military yeah, like you're in the military, yes, but you're not going to come here and like yank my kids out of here because I won't vaccinate them. Like that's what we're depending on here in Middle America. Like, so we're depending so on you. After <laughs> after this training, after this uh, this white wokeness training, what when was the first time that you got orders to be vaccinated? When did that date come come about? Um, I man. I'd have to look. I, I I remember getting the email and the memorandum. Um, 
it's public. I mean, anybody can see it. It's a memorandum from the Secretary of Defense. I just I can't recall personally. I know I got mine before the I got both of mine before the uh, mandate just just because honestly guys, I wanted the day off from work. <laughs> did you guys expect this at all? No, I, no, hell no, definitely not. No, really, none of that, that's shocking. There's some that shocking. did. There's some that did, but we didn't expect it because anything that we're mandated to take, vaccine wise or whatever, is 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 has been around forever and is proven and you can't die from it you know you don't have these crazy side effects like even i had you know like we were given a day off after our shots when we got our first shot the next day we had off because of the side effects second shot we had the next day off because of the side effects like like the anthrax shot none of those shots that i've gotten don't do that like my arm might be sore as hell but i don't have these ridiculous side effects that i've had and the worst part about it is, ironically, I've been quarantined all week since Monday because I tested positive for freaking COVID. Oh, surprise, surprise. But yet you worked in the military all through COVID with no vaccines. And did you get COVID? No. <laughs> like, chances are probably not. It's really mind blowing. What is your, ulti- what is your ultimate goal here, Brandon? Um, I think my ultimate goal, honestly, I, I never thought that. I mean, even being on this podcast or speaking to members of Congress, I'd never thought that I would like be heard. So my ultimate goal is to not only be heard, but just just I guess just continue to push and just hold our leaders accountable, because I think that's the biggest freaking problem is there's just no accountability within the world anymore to include our elective representatives. There needs to be accountability and that's my only goal. I, you know, I, I love the army. Um, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I just, I, I have a, to... I have a question for you and I want you to really think about this. I don't want you to just, uh, give us a bullshit answer. Uh, this is an important question for not just me, the listeners. This is an important question for the world. What is the, how, how can I, how can I say this? I, I want to know, how is this going to affect our country when our military's morale is as low as it is? Um, I mean, I... Are you seeing the effects of it already? I mean, yeah. I think you What are, are the too. effects? What I, I, I am. I already know the answer to these questions, but I want you to answer them because you are in the military currently. I, I, I talked to, just last night, we talked to a CIA agent, a former CIA agent uh, on a live uh, podcast on Game Tech Politics. And I, so I, I talked to many people inside of our government uh, on a weekly basis. And I can tell you right now, through the foreign channels, there are other countries that are, are extremely worried right now. They the the comments that I have been getting is that the the American military is at a standstill. It, it there is no there is no missions out there currently right now that is going to um, be 
be a positive for the world and for the, uh, the American people. There's nothing that the military is doing right now, as far as a mission-wise, that is making our country safer and the world safer. So, so and I, I'm gonna I'm going to interject here without trying because I've thought about this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm gonna I, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna give y'all in the military a pep talk right now because what I said earlier, like we need you, we're depending on you, you guys all take an oath to protect us from enemies foreign and domestic okay well right now here's the perfect opportunity we're not against you all of us we support you 100 percent. what happened to y'all in afghanistan is horrendous what's happening to people who have gotten out of the military with the suicides and just the va is is horrendous we're on we're on the same team here so don't be demoralized because you have all of us we're behind you and we need you a hundred percent. Just tell us how to help. Cause we don't know how to help. Cause that's an entirely different system. So I can tell you right now, Mel, I can tell you right now, the way that the military is right now is we're, they're not even people are all in their own little worlds right now. The military is not really concerned politically about anyone's feelings with the vaccination, they are worried more about getting missions done, getting their work done, and doing it as effectively as they can. And when you put roadmap or roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, it hinders the actual mission. It hinders uh, what they want to accomplish, and then that brings down morale. So when you take and you put all these obstacles like the vaccination, people mulling over getting a vaccine, vaccine. That, that is completely experimental, and then you take and you put on this wokeness that our generals are putting upon our, you know, the the sergeants and the the privates out there, the specialists, the corporals. When you when you put those roadblocks in their way, they're not feeling like they can get anything done that is going to be a positive for America. That's what I'm going to ask just, Brandon. Brandon, if right. if you if if you could tell us what what's going what's going to occur six months from now, uh, if if we don't if we don't strategize our military in, in, uh, to combat people like China, Russia, we have, we have ISIS uh, about to take over the Middle East again. Uh, I believe I, from the people that I've talked to, uh, Syria is going to be um, the next big news. And, and mark my words, you guys heard it first. I always call, call shit first. Um, Syria is going to be an issue within six months. So what, what is the plan? What is the roadmap, Brandon, on what you're trying to accomplish by being on this program and, and talking with, um, you know, people like Matt Gates and Jim Jordan, what do you want accomplished out of all of this? Oh man, that is a huge question. Um, Honestly, I like I said, man. I just I just want accountability, and I want us to be taken care of. What I what accountability? What accountability? What, what like uh, you? We have Millie. Uh, let's take General Millie for for example. Okay, General Millie was 
basically caught red-handed. He had his hand in the cookie jar. Uh, he was going to call a diplomat in China uh, if if Trump wanted to strategize any sort of military um, plans uh, to thwart China with um, with the South east uh you know with with the pacific ocean all those islands around there he was going to call a diplomat in china and warn him of military operations so we're not going to get accountability and and our politicians have already shown their true colors yes words they can they can give the best speeches. I mean, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, especially Matt Gates, he is in a district that is primarily all military. Uh, I believe that ninety percent of his constituents is military uh, family or somebody in the military. So they do a great job. They do an ex- exceptional job with theater, with political theater. But what I'm looking at right now is the fact that Millie is not in handcuffs because if you or I that was in the military, if you or I took and and secretly called a diplomat from another country, we would be charged arrested for treason. We would be charged with sedition under the military uh, code of justice. We would be in handcuffs and we would be facing the death penalty. That's that would be our charge and that would be the outcome. So we already know that there's not going to be any accountability for the generals out there. So what's your next step? What is your next step? And I know that this is a hard, a hard question to grasp, but I I just want to put, put it to you. I want to punch you in the face. I'm, you know, I'm not saying I, I want to, I'm punching you in the face right now because I, I want that reaction out of you. I, I want you to be more angry than what you are today because you're angry enough to be on this fucking show. So how are you going to be the hero that we all need you to be? Um. Well, I mean, besides obviously being on this show and Dan Ball's show, which is kind of the start. I'm new to this, by the way. I'm just fed the hell up. But regardless of that... Right, that's where it starts, though. That is where it starts. Well, hey, regardless of that, I am going to be testifying at the Freedom Caucus, and all I can do is just speak. And the biggest thing, I'm I'm tired of speaking to people and then just listening. That's what I'm tired of. My goal when I go there is to ask them, what are you going to do about it? What's the plan? What's the action? Because I'm tired, to include this podcast, of coming on and talking to people and them not giving a damn and it's not right. just me this is 90 percent of our force not in the army but in the military but yeah. the problem is, is they are too scared to speak up so i can only do as much as i can as i go on and learn and that's my next step and goal the, yeah the, and that's that would be my advice just keep talking talk to whoever you need to as many people as you need to and just talk and talk and talk and talk until people have no other choice other than to actually do something because the well, only the, way it's ever going to happen the, and you when, seem to be doing it now when you get when you get in front of the the freedom caucus and and you 
you know, they'll, they'll give you about five to 10 minutes for an opening statement. Uh, one of those, one of the things besides mentioning this podcast to them, uh, is, uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. W- one of the, one of the things that I, c- I could give you advice on is, is basically say, listen, I don't want you guys to write a letter, a mean little letter like Lindsey Graham loves to do. I want you to guys to put in a bill. I want you to write a bill. I want it on the president's debt or, or, or in the uh, congressional uh, president's desk. I want it to be voted on. I want the congressional members to, um, you know, I want the American public to see which com- congressional members vote for this or vote it down. I want some action here. That's what you need to tell them is that yep. we're, we're here talking and that's great. But you guys, that's all you do. And, and put it, regardless of who it is, if you want to piss off Matt Gates, piss him off. It doesn't matter. Time, time is of an essence here because China is literally taking over the entire world while our military is being broke down. People are being thrown out left and right. I believe that they've already thrown out about 6% of the military already. And it's going to continue to get higher and higher and higher. We have over 16 pilots, 16 pilots that that fly uh, the B-52s and the F-16s. Those are highly skilled pilots that are quitting the military because they're not taking this vaccine. So, Brandon, you, you are going to have to just basically um, lift up your ball sack and 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 start being cutthroat man you cannot be a nice guy about this there there is no room to be a nice guy and and you're you're going to have to accept the fact that there's going to be backlash against you i understand that and no offense but and that what you just said actually really pisses me the fuck off good Good. I need you to understand. No, I need you to understand that me doing things like this risk my job. Absolutely, it does. They risk me being able to take care of myself, and that's that's what limits and makes it hard. Because I know that if something, as Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, thanks very much, but if something happens to me, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. I joined the army when I was 18. This is all I know. Is the first job I've had. I got my first phone, car, shoes, everything in the army. This is all I know. Well, let me so tell I'm you good. something. Let me tell you something, Brandon. Hold on one second, because I, I'm glad I pissed you off because I want you motivated. I want you energized. But let me tell you something. I don't want you to have that in the back of your mind. Brandon, you don't need to have the back of your mind of, of what what am I going to do next? Uh, you know, I'm going to be without a job. I'm going to be without this and this and this. No, you're not, Brandon, because the American people are going to take care of people like you. Do you honestly believe that we're not going to give you a good fucking paying job and that you are going to take and prosper for the rest of your life uh, because you tried to save America and you tried to save our military? There's no way in hell that you would be left uh, through the dust on this. Now, I understand that there are homeless veterans out there and we have that issue. But if you come up in front of Congress and you try to save America, I guarantee you there's going to be somebody listening and somebody going to be like, hell yeah, just like I am. I am proud to talk to you right now. I am absolutely ecstatic to talk to you. I think what you're doing is probably the best thing 
thing that America has right now to save its freedom, to save its country, and to save our history. And, and I don't want you to worry about what's going to happen to you tomorrow because I guarantee you there's going to be better things that's going to happen in your life after this is all said and done. Yeah, and now that you've got that out here, guess what? There's I'm, I'm paying attention. I wanted to talk to you since you did that live Twitter spaces with us. Like, I'm like, he's the people that we need to talk to. We need these voices. And that's why I said to go get on TikTok and do the military stuff. Like, cause I see it all the time. And like, when you told, when you originally said like you had joined the military because you didn't have the grades and it was the best decision of your life. And you almost got choked up. Like I almost started crying. Like, I don't even know you. I've never met you. I I just know you as like some person on Twitter, but that got me. Like, these are the people that we need to listen to. We need to pay attention to. And it's so important that this happens. And yes, like I said, we all have your back here. So just keep talking, keep talking and stay strong. Thank you, and I, I plan to. Um, it's definitely a learning process because I'm not a big public speaker. But um, right, I don't we'll think see. anybody is. <laughs> I from am. the beginning. I am. Yeah, Hello. Exception. Okay. <laughs> so, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're. So, what is the timeline that that all of this is going to be uh, done? And and is this going to be televised at all? Um, so, uh, Dan's the one that got me in touch with the director of communication for, um, the Freedom Caucus and then got me in touch with Jim, but, um, there's not a dead timeline yet, like a, like, like a hard, a hard time yet. All I know is it's within the next couple weeks and I, because I can't take leave or anything, or at least I don't know yet, but I won't be able to appear there. Um, I also know that it's not going to happen at the Capitol because Nancy Pelosi isn't allowing it as what Matt told me. So it's going to happen somewhere else. I don't really recall where he said it was. Matt, Matt can give you, can get you uh, papers for leave. I guarantee, I guarantee that's you that. What, yeah, that's what I've been told by a couple uh, people. So I guess, I guess we'll see how it goes, but if anything, it'll be, um, I'll be on, I think they said zoom or Skype. I can't recall. And it's supposed to be in the next two weeks. And, um, uh, Dan is really pressing Fox to air it. I know OANN is going to air it. Newsmax is going to air it, and um, that's how, all I really know. How, how are you? How are you doing? That's an important question. How are you doing right now? Are you okay? I mean, like, I know that you're stressed I'm out. Not good. Yeah, I'm yeah. not good, man. I'm not good. I I'm I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I'm unhappy. Uh, and there's there's a lot of soldiers in your brigade that that probably feel the same way that you do. Um, yeah, I mean it's my job as an NCO to check on them, which now, do I you, do. Now, for you listeners out there, do you are you listening to the man? Do you guys not have a heart that this this man is literally risking his life day after day just to give us provide us the safety and the security? to live our daily lives, to live our, to, to have our freedoms. And people don't right, really he's already signed up to die for all of us. People he's don't realize, people don't realize, people don't realize the, the, the mental stress that you have with your daily job 
And then with this added stress of, of all this wokeness and the, the vaccinations and then, you know, finding out that your general just committed treason and is not being held accountable. Then you have the Afghan debacle where, you know, uh, many of our service members ended up dying. And then not only that, but there was uh, 20 or 30 of them being maimed without arms and legs. I mean, these people risk their lives on a daily basis for our freedoms, and we don't say it enough, we don't think it enough, and we don't thank them enough. Brandon, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man, and, and telling us about your ordeal. Is there anything that out there that you haven't said that you just want us Americans to know? Um, nothing I can think of. Uh, you bringing up Afghanistan really um, hurts my heart because uh, I, um, I was in RCE East Afghanistan, Ghazni with the Polish. We were uh, we worked well with them. They were I awesome. I love the and Polish. I, I love them. Yeah. I love them to death. I lost four people in Afghanistan. Uh, two in front of my eyes. I had to uh, evac one as a PFC. I was a freaking eighteen years old, and uh, it. I went to basic with one of them, and it was the most horrible, god awful thing ever in my life. And um, just to see the way Afghanistan ended and people not be held accountable is what is also making me do this because it's just not fair. You know, we all a lot of us who really went through some hell and war feel like failures now because of what the, the way it ended, I guess. It's just it's awful. It's awful. OK, if this doesn't make you. Great. If you are just regular old me, I'm just a mom in the Midwest United States. Who's going to have, I mean, I have two boys. They're going to grow up. This, if this doesn't light a fire under your ass to do something like he's crying and and I want to cry, but you know what? It's honestly flipped my switch. Like, no, I'm, I'm not even going to cry as much as I feel for him. No, I'm going to get up and I'm going to fucking tear shit down. Like, he's already done that for me. So now I'm going to turn around and do it for him. One thing, (laughs) one thing I I do want to know before, before I let you go, if you can take us back from the beginning of your, um, your service, and, and then contrast that with what is going on today. Can you kind of give us an idea of how the morale was when you first began in the service and then kind of take us into how people are failing today? Because I, I think that that's a, a, an important note to leave on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> privates will be privates, you know, so I was, uh, I was a, I was just a private, and I couldn't really see morale through Did the soldier get, uh, level. Let, let's let's be a little bit more lighthearted. Did you get in trouble as a private at all? Oh hell yeah! Oh me too, <laughs> me too. You know? Do you that. know? I, mean, I thought everyone was against me just because I was me, not because I was a private. <laughs> do you know uh, oh, Soldiers Field in Fort Gordon? Uh, I've never been to Gordon, no. Okay, so Soldier's Field is basically a three-mile field, and it's it's in it's in the heart of Fort Gordon, and we are not allowed to cross that field at all 
at, at a certain time. I believe it's like nine o'clock to uh, five in the morning. You're not allowed to go through that field. But there's there's a there was a bowling alley on the other side of that field that I wanted me and my battle buddy to go to to and party with some chicks and. Uh, we ended up being there a little bit too late, uh, and we needed to get back to the barracks and we ended up having to cross that field. When we crossed it, we had about seven Humvees come through that field with their lights, their spotlights right on us. There were guns pointed at us. That was the first time that I actually got in trouble in the military, uh, for wanting to party with some girls and, um, I, I just wanted to share that with you because I thought that was like, uh, I'll share one back with you. Um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> when I, when I got out of, as soon as I finished basic flew to my first duty station, white sands, New Mexico shut down now. Um, Oh shit. You were in the, uh, top secret location. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been to white sands, uh, Afghanistan, Leonard Wood, Korea, uh, Kuwait. And How was Korea? Car- How was Korea? Korea was absolutely the best duty station i have I, ever been at see a lot of people in october to 2018 october and i was actually there when trump um 45 did you know was making peace with north korea so oh, wow we, wow. we stopped doing ranges it was awesome okay stop stop there for a moment because i i need uh you do you got another 10 minutes with us is that okay I have okay. nothing but time. All right. So uh, when you were in Korea, tell us tell us about that moment that uh, that you heard what you know when you first heard whispers that Trump was going to be flying into uh, the DNZ. Well, <laughs> no one. I don't know if many people in the military like care about politics, but I do. I don't know why, but I just do. I'm involved. I listen, and I just try to learn and see what's happening. Um, and when I was in Korea, it was, it was pretty crappy. I'm not going to lie, especially when we go up North to, um, do ranges or go to the, basically go to the field, uh, the freaking, they would like blast music back and forth. And it was just, it was annoying as hell. <laughs> well, at one point when he started having talks with, uh, their president or whatever the hell his name is, I don't Kim even J- remember his name. Kim Jong-un. Yeah. That guy. Um, when they started having talks on that stuff and, basically peace was getting established um we stopped wearing our gas mask every day uh, we weren't allowed to do ranges you know no live fires no nothing and, and that is just, odd if if anybody knows about the military that yeah. is odd for uh korea very odd yeah yeah exactly and it just it just it was just the vibes there it was just so much better but there was freaking i remember i used to go out to the gate and go uh do some fun things at clubs but I used to go out there and you just – the Korean people loved us. And they, they, they would have freaking like huge banners with Trump's pictures and sayings and just all kinds of stuff. And it was just – the vibes were just different, man, the, especially the now. And you didn't Sad. get married? I'm sorry? You didn't get married? <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm telling no, you, I man, would... those, those South Korean ladies, man, they love American soldiers. They do, but I'm good. I'm not having no children in this time of age. Which, uh, now, see, when I was when I was in the military, Germany was the hottest base. Everybody wanted to go to Germany, but I wanted to go to South Korea. I thought South Korea was the the place to go to, but um, 
you know, they, they ended up, uh, you know, telling me, no, no, South Korea is horrible. Germany's better, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I, I've always wanted to go to South Korea. That's why I wanted to ask you what, what it was like there. It was amazing. The, the food, the culture, the people, the training, the, the funds, the maintenance, like we just, everything was just great there. I, 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 I miss it. And, and the morale was really good during president Trump's, um, uh, tenure. Um, I mean, yes, but I, I, I don't know if it's because of him, but I will say yes, because I don't know what they're responsible for it, but we don't have money. We, we don't, we're not getting the money to do maintenance and fix vehicles or go qualify at the range. Our range got canceled because they didn't have funds. Was it's that, was that during Trump? Okay. Well, that's the question no, no, I no, have. No, 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 no. This was two weeks ago. Okay. And, and even go off our, our unit just cause I'm on quarantine. Our unit just got back from gunnery. And if you know what gunnery is, it's, um, I do. it's your Brad, your Bradley's that go out. Mm-hmm. Our battalion has 18 Bradley's. Guess how many were up and running and working at gunnery Two. Two. How, two. And how we, is that even we possible? Exactly. And how do you qualify your crews with two brads in a battalion? It's mind blowing. <laughs> they were working overtime. <laughs> Poor guys. And how, how do you guys not have money for this when we have the largest military budget? I'm for not the- lie to you. I don't know. I really don't know. I think that's yeah. above me. All I know being on the ground is what I'm experiencing. And we have, I mean, I have, we have vehicles in my company that have been down for 16 months and have had the same problems for those said 16 months and we haven't gotten the parts for them. And well, that's I mean, insane. insanity because we, our military budget is bigger than the next 28 countries combined. And it's not us. like, it's <laughs> not like the, the supply chain. It's not like the supply chain is, is, uh, hindering, uh, the, the, the parts needed for those vehicles because the majority of the parts are being built in South Dakota and Ohio. So uh, I don't see any problems with, with them getting the actual parts needed. So what is, so what is the problem, Brandon? I, I personally, I really don't know, but the biggest thing that blows my mind is when it comes to qualifications, which is huge in the military is actually being qualified. on. That's the number one thing. That's, that's literally the number one thing in the military. But my thing is, is they were still forcing, I mean, they made the soldiers stay past Halloween, which I get it. We're in the military. Holidays don't matter. But the point of why it happened is what is disturbing because we didn't have the vehicles up and it turned into a field maintenance problem instead of gunnery. And the biggest thing that freaking blows my mind is the point of gunnery is to qualify your crews on their Bradley. If you have two Bradleys in a whole battalion it don't matter if you shot and qualified. At the end of the day, if we go to war tomorrow, guess how many Bradleys we got? We got two. We might have 18 qualified crews, but we got two freaking Bradleys. It's a joke. So when you go to in front of the Freedom Caucus, uh, do you have anything prepared so far as far as in a statement? Um, I've been taking notes here and there, but I honestly don't think they're ready for me. I'm not, I'm not no retired <laughs> officer. I'm not a general. I'm not playing the whole politic talk. What, what, what is the outcome? Have you talked to your family about this? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And my dad's the one that had me start watching Dan. 
what what is the out what how do they feel and then what also what is the outcome that you expect um my well all i have is my dad and my stepmom and family wise but regardless um they obviously support me highly extremely i seen the picture um, i i seen the picture of your your uh, dad and stepmom with you. Uh, that was a, a wonderful picture to see, um, by the way. Yeah, it was a good day. Uh, that was uh, October 6, 2013, when I got back from Afghanistan. They were there waiting in the gym. They were thankfully able to get off of work and come see me, so it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brandon, th- thank you so much. And and again, when when I piss you off, I'm I'm doing it for a good reason. I hope you do know that. I I hope that I have that you know that my my intentions are are good intentions. Um, but I I just want you to be forthright. I want you to tell them, you know, uh, don't don't water anything down for us. You you can yeah. literally make a difference for Americans by taking and telling the truth about our our generals, about our leadership, about the the problems that that the military is facing. And I just want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your, your courage in doing this and bravery. Uh, this is not going to be an easy feat for you. And I, I will be praying for you every yeah, single day. Absolutely. I want you to message me before you go on air. If you, if you don't mind, uh, that way I can do, do and, and say a prayer right then and there for you. And we would love to have you on after, uh, this happens. Yeah, of keep, definitely keep in touch. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you guys. Um, um, I'm, I'm definitely the opposite of selfish, and I know I'm doing this for many other military members that just, unfortunately, I got to say, just don't have the spine to do it. And um, if we had million or thousands of others do what I'm doing, it would be a lot different, I think. But I just appreciate you guys giving me a voice. Um, it means everything to me. It no, means everything. Absolutely. It means everything to us. Uh, me and Mel. Yeah, uh, Mel. Mel was was talking about you for weeks and since since the the moment that we talked to you the, for the first time, she wanted you to uh, be a part of this program, and we are just uh, complete. This is our honor, not not yours. This is our honor for you to be on our program. And we just want to thank you. And thank you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now uh, with our sponsors, uh, Mel, you ended up meeting John Weir for the first time last night. Uh, how was that yeah. experience? It was good. Um, RYI-Unity. <laughs> it is like buying when Bitcoin buy eight years ago, people. If you guys want to check out our sponsor, please go over to RYI-Unity. Uh, John is the most accessible person in the crypto world. If you want to learn how to invest your money, you can basically go over to t- his Twitter page, uh, yeah. t- type in RYI-Unity, and um, he- you can send him. Uh, a dm and he will answer it he he's that accessible he's a remarkable guy and not only that but john if you are listening which i know that you are uh you know i want you to i'm going to give brandon uh your your contacts and maybe you can hook him up with a job if anything 
uh, happens. Uh, Brandon, he was a former CIA agent, and he also was in the Marines. So he's a military guy. We can hook you up with his contacts. I'm sure that uh, we'll we'll find somebody to take care of you, brother. Um, oh, thank for you. sure. I can get you a job, too, in yeah. a heartbeat. Got to move to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys so much for taking and listening to probably the most important podcast uh, to date on this show. I really appreciate all the listeners and all the support. Uh, if you guys uh, do love this podcast, please go over to anchor.fm forward slash Game Tech Politics. You can hit that support button. You can donate 99 cents all the way to whatever amount you want to donate. Uh, and as well as hitting that subscribe button, it does help us out tremendously. Uh, I want to congratulate Mel on being a permanent co-host for Game Tech Politics. Aww, it is you. the perfect addition. She keeps me grounded and uh, it's just a good chemistry between uh, her and I. And I appreciate you so much for uh, taking and being a part of this venture. You're very welcome. And given our guest name, I'm just going to say, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Game Tech Politics. We'll have some exciting episodes for you later on this weekend. I appreciate all of you. We appreciate every person who is serving in our military and we, we love you and we're praying for you and we hope that Brandon can be the hero that America needs. Thanks for listening.